podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at penfed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Welcome to the Five Year Plan Podcast. Hooray! Pod two fifty. And we have got uh, well a very special pod for you. We've got not one, not two, not three, not four. Well, that's what we're normally doing, right? Uh, podders. We've got ten podders in the room. Whoa! And we're going to be rotating Whoa. our pods. Uh, well, we're going nice. to see. We're going to see what happens. <laughs> um, this pod is sponsored by. Um, Vector Printing, for your printing embroidery needs, go to vector.co.uk, it's Vector with Okay. And JCIS, Global Research and Brand Consultancy from South London, visit jc-is.com. I will. Very Ooh, nicely done. Ooh, Ooh could have been <laughs> not the reaction we were going for. Um, that's the voice of uh, Steve Browett. Hello. How are you? Evening, fine. Yeah. Good, good man. Who has brought with us today to celebrate the 250th pod, the biggest bottle of wine... I think I've ever seen in my life. Oh, oh that's a Jeroboam, that is. Cool. Named after a well-known biblical character, I believe. Uh, yes, uh, as opposed to a Jerry Murphy, which is yeah. a slightly smaller bottle. But a better fringe. <laughs> um, we've only been here about half an hour. We're already halfway through the bottle. So that's uh, hey. going to be a great part. Hey. Um, Kevin Day's here. Hello. Good. And to start in this part of the pod, Jesse Boyce is here as well. Hello. That's your cuter. And you've got somebody else to thank as well, haven't you? Oh, yes, of course. Uh, this product is also sponsored by uh, JCIS. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> of I think course, sorry. I think it's I thought, nice. That as normally a, when you do that, it's because I've forgotten I, I, the sponsorship. I just think it's lovely that on the 250th, you're doing the tribute to the first one. Yeah. When you were so unprofessional, you just, <laughs> yeah, just no, you've probably, you probably never heard the first did, one. And I'm asked that. I, no, I never heard the first one. I was in the third one. Yeah. Which was more of a hostage situation than the pod, but uh, I've never actually heard the first one. People so, are looking. The, the, fir- the first one. There's a novel by Dan Brown, I think, about the first one, isn't it? It's like the mysterious missing first pod, in which you interviewed yourself, didn't you? Yeah, it was the best pod we've ever done. <laughs> <laughs> um, we've also got, aside from the wine, a fantastic FYP themed cake uh, from Bex. And it's uh, and cupcakes as well. It's I mean I'm off sugar for the month, so it's terrible timing. Um, but it looks <laughs> absolutely brilliant. Um, okay, so we are going to be in the next ten minutes rotating our pod guests, and uh, you'll find out who the next pod guests are in ten minutes. Before we do that, let's talk briefly about Huddersfield at the weekend. Mm. Steve, it was a big win for Palace against a relegation rival, but really over the course of the game, probably a deserved result. Oh yeah, it wasn't just a big win. It, it was a totally deserved win. I thought even even before we scored the first goal, I, I really felt comfortable. I thought we were playing some very good football, passing it round, 
dominating the game. I, I don't remember in the first half, I don't remember their players actually touching the ball in our penalty area at all, or, or, or even Hennessy touching no, the ball. They didn't the have a shot on goal until the 80th minute. No, so, you know, it was... It was a very good performance as well as a very good win. And it, and it shows if our team is at full strength or nearly full, I mean, still not full strength, is it? Because, you know, Loftus-Cheek wasn't playing, Bakary Sacco and others. Um, you know, if we're, if we're nearly at full strength, we've got a very good team, I think. Yeah, I mean, one of those players coming back, Kevin, was Wilf. Obviously, you've mm. started. We, want, we win again. <laughs> Obviously, we still don't win without Wilf. Some people call us a one-man team. I mean, looking at the stats, is that unfair or is that fair? No, we're not. I mean, well, the stats say we, we, we don't win without him, but we're not a one-man team. What was so good about Saturday is that I think we said last week it's not, it's not a must-win game. I think with hindsight, that was wrong. Well, I think we said it, it must probably, not probably, lose. Yeah, it probably was because you know, we'd have been the Huddersfield would have been outside. Seven, but they would have been seven, seven points ahead of us. But, yeah. but we also had a, it's one of those rare occasions when everything we wanted to happen happened. Players came back. We didn't play four four two. We were on the front foot from the start. Sends a message out to those other teams around us. Uh, but also, I think the, the the positive approach. I think for the first time in certainly in the Premier League, we've got a team that are better when we play on the front foot rather than sitting back waiting for things to happen mm-hmm. if you think about Leicester away Southampton in the second half Huddersfield we, we, we've got a team now that is better then that's really quite exciting yeah well we've got yeah. and we're, as Adam Sells says and he might be on the pod later on um, Jesse we've got ball carriers in the team when Wilson's back we've got people that carry the <coughs> ball up the pitch Townsend did it for the, for the penalty as well when we've got those players you know, Ruben Loftus-Cheek came on as well that do that we play about 10 yards further up the pitch and we're way more effective it was exactly that result on paper that we had all envisioned, I mm. think, after the nightmare run of fixtures, and especially Sweet after the kind of shock they gave us on the opening day and the rough treatment that our ball carrier got. So I was just pleased. I mean, it was a bit of a worry that he hobbled off at the end there. Yeah, I think he's, uh, he's okay, though. Yeah, he's fine. He was... Yeah. Okay. Wait, okay. wait for your time. That's no, good. no, no bad thing. Tra- he's, tra- he's training with the first team this week, so he's fine. Yeah. But he was getting a bit of a kicking towards in the last. Did, 10 was minutes it three well. of their players got booked? Yeah. Fouling yeah. him, I think. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't as bad as the opening day though. No, yeah. no, no. They they really uh, physically, um, you know, out out outperformed us in, in the opening game, and we we just weren't up to it. I don't know. But I mean, it's worlds apart. You know, it's completely different. I thought Huddersfield were terrible. To be honest, yeah, but I think that's because we went out of them right from the start, and we we had the the impetus right from the start, and we just yeah I know that statistically they had the ball more than we did, but we used the ball much better than they did when we had it. It's really exciting. There's one point in the second half where PVA and uh, Wan Bissaka were almost next to each other in in the middle going forward. So the width that we're getting now is is great. And well, I mean Wan Bissaka, I mean fantastic. As, as a Palace player started with such a difficult run of games and come through it looking like such a pro before I, I can't really think of anyone at the age of 20 as well mm. he's not you know he's not that young he's been in the uh, the under 23s and the under 18s for quite a long time and it's amazing how he's mm. you know he's been thrust into the first team because of injuries uh, and just how fantastically well he's done I mean I've, I've seen him play in the in the under 23s lots of times and I, I didn't realise, I didn't think anyone realised how good he was. So yeah. it's, it's well, he was a winger originally, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. He, he, he played as a winger, and uh, but, but he's, uh, you know, he's done brilliantly well. well, we've been well it was interesting how, how, how honest Hodgson was as well, talking after the game, saying that if we didn't have the injuries, I would never have even got him into the first team squad for training, let alone mm. to play, and, and I've been so pleasantly surprised. But Again, it comes back to that conversation we've had. It's a little bit frustrating because you think, well, perhaps if we tried some of the kids a bit earlier, they may have had the same 
mm. the same impact. But Martin Keown, after the game, was just said, you know, where's he come from? Like, he made him man in the match. Mm. It's just said he was outstanding defensively and going forward. And also, Jesse, mm. like from Palace, as Palace fans' perspective, we love seeing kids in the first team. Like, just They'll always get more of a chance. If they make mistakes, they'll always get more of a backing than, than, than players sign. There's just something so refreshing about seeing young players come in and so encouraging. Um, and I think that reverberates around the whole team. I think, yeah, I think that it's sort of had that sort of mini effect that Sproni had when he came back in the team mm. against Chelsea and we got a result. It just sort of feels like the second half of the season version of that. Um, and hope we can, we can just press on for the final running from here. It's got a great bit of swagger about him as well. The chance he made for McArthur right at the end where he sort of did that sort of reverse step over yeah. in the box. Yeah. Well, he looks like he's been playing in the Premier well, League for 10 years. I think he's won the Young Player of the Year award after four games. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Also, just to annoy Street, I think we should point out Hennessy's clean sheet. Was yeah, let's do that now. Remarkable. Remarkable. Not on the board. No, it's yeah. great. That's exactly why I'm doing it now. So we can't get a chance that to play. <laughs> what I mean, performance Hennessy put in? A man of the match, probably. I think. He made the back four look so confident. Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Steve, has, has Wambasaka come up <laughs> in previous managers? Anyone at the club mentioned you to him in the last year or two? He, he came to Hong Kong in, in the pre season tournament under Frank. And uh, he. He played. I'm pretty sure he. Played. I can't remember which game against Liverpool. Liverpool, I think, I think he played. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But he, it's not. It's not like everyone said. Oh, there's this amazing kid in the, in the youth team, and this he's got, this kid's going to be brilliant. You know, he's he's he's, he's been a, a revelation, which, which is fantastic because it makes you think. You know, maybe there is some more. It's uh, it's just, and it, it gets the pundits going. Oh, the Palace Academy again. Mm. It just sort of reminds them what we might have in our locker. So well, yeah. Even though we haven't actually, actually had a youth team player come through for <laughs> five years since the debut. Well, we have, but just not, not from debut. Our, not from our youth team. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Who was it? Who was the last one? Then? Was it um, De Silva? Kyle De Silva. Wow. That the is first, a name from the, the last. Wilf was after De Silva. As in yeah. the, the last. Yeah, Wilf must have been first last team Silver, league full debut. So it wasn't Wilf. I think it was De Silva after that. Oh, was it? Yeah. I can't remember. Mind me. It's but, been, it's yeah, been a You look at other Premier League teams, there's not a lot of Premier League teams that have any academy graduates in their team. Yeah, Southampton's the only one I can think of mm. that seem to do it fairly regularly, but then you look where they are this season. You know, hasn't, you know, yeah. they're not, they're yeah. not exactly. No, we, had, no, we had Klein, didn't we? Was that Klein was before Wilf, I think. It, yeah. yeah, it was no, Moses, yeah. Moses Klein. I mean, it's Wilson not like we've got four people around the table that can't be Googling this as we're making an effort. You pointed, out how, <laughs> you pointed <laughs> out how much champagne's missing from that bottle. That's the trouble. That's the not thing, champagne. The wine. <laughs> wine yeah. But the thing is, Steve, from a youth player's yeah. perspective, there'll now be kids in, in that uh, under 18s, under 23s who'll be looking at him thinking, oh, wow, actually. Yeah, if he can do it, I can do it. If you have that determination and. You know, you really want to be successful and you work hard. You know, there must be lots of kids in the academy can say, look, yeah. he got his chance and he took it. Yeah. You know, the next time there's an injured player or two in my position, I might have a chance. And that's fantastic for the academy. Does it make you feel a bit better, Kevin, about, we talk about squad depth a lot on this podcast and not, and not mm. being the best, but actually just make you feel like, well, maybe we might have some kids in a youth team who, when we are desperate in, in, in position, could come in and, and do a job? Oh, absolutely. But it, it, also, just in terms of simple economics, it frees up £10 million that we might have spent on a, another right-back yeah. that we don't have to do now because yeah. it looks like he'll be the starting right-back for, for quite some time, whoever comes back from injury. So, and quite rightly, yeah. But it's, it's I, I suppose it's. Still, I mean, Steve will remember the days when the club relied on the, the odd three million pound every four years from selling somebody from the academy. Mm. Mm. There isn't that economic urgency to bring players through like there used to be. 
And to because in the old days you had to put them in the first team as a kind of shop window. Yeah, didn't but you? in, so in the old that. days you you were in the championship and you couldn't afford to buy players, so you mm, had, you had to put a kid in. And if they were any good, they got sold. Yeah. The the, the downside in the Premier League is you don't put them in the first team unless there's some sort of injury yeah. crisis. Yeah. Um, be, and and so it's harder for them to to, to have their chance. But but uh, but he's taken it. Mm. He's taken it brilliantly. But that was Palace were always a kind of a selling club in that respect, weren't they? That you like you say you oh, you yeah. you'd, you'd yeah. breed these young players and sell them on. But now with people like Wilf, you know, and Wilf's on a, on a hefty deal at Palace and, and potentially might stay longer. So maybe have, have we I'd kind like of think so, have yeah. we transitioned maybe to a club that doesn't sell our, our stars? Yeah, I mean, I mean we we at Palace, thanks to the um, you know the, the income from TV, we pay our top players the same kind of wages that they would get at, at top 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 clubs mm-hmm. so it means we have a chance of keeping them yeah. uh, in the old days that that, that that was never the case if a you know if a top six or even a top top 10 club came sniffing that the you know that they'd always go so, so that has changed and that's that's thanks to the tv money being quite equitable you know our our, our income the income of lower premier league teams is not a million miles away from that other top club, so there is a chance for clubs like Palace to to keep their best players. So in theory, we could, you know, in the next three or four years, five years, we could have a team that's still got Wilf, that's still got Wamba Saka, that might have the other James Daly, that might have, you know, these kind of. <laughs> well, know, as long as it's still, as long as still got Luca, that'll be. Uh, as if we didn't love Luca enough already, the fact that he turns out he was didn't sleep for forty eight hours before the game because he and he was. Yeah, really bad food poisoning, but insisted on playing. Yeah. So, is he your new favourite player? <laughs> I have a new favourite player every week, basically yeah. on the pub. But no, he's, he's always oh, been. He's always been my favourite player. He's, he's a new Jedernak, isn't he? Is what he, he is, and we all is, love Jedernak. Yeah. We didn't think we'd get somebody a Premier League version of Milo, and we have got him. And he just, it just seems like a proper man. I get. I feel like if I was ever Ben Wishaw and Luke, and Luka Milivojevic, you put those two together, it'd be my ideal man. If I was <laughs> really, yeah, cool. As, well, as that's it's a 250th pod, and we've all had a glass of wine, we're all you know, <laughs> just mates together. Let's just throw a few revelations out. You there, guys so have that. got there's about a minute left of your first section here, so I think I'll, I'll turn to Jesse for the final minute. Oh, I want to hear who, who Jesse would combine two two men together yeah. you, to make a perfect. It's not time to change over. <laughs> <laughs> I remember when uh, I go for Kabai. I remember but I was going to talk about Kabai just because what Steve was talking about there when we sort of transitioned from being a, uh, being able to pay the wages Kabai was that sort of uh, seminal signing I think mm. it was mm. when the odds suddenly dropped that's that summer which seemed to drag on forever it people who are Arsenal fan friends of mine said it would never happen and when it did happen it was a real we'll show you type thing and then he's from, we bought him from Paris Saint-Germain and we've brought Wilf back from United and we've brought players mm. from Liverpool. It's just quite unbelievable, really, what we've been able to do. Well, and not have the pressure to sell people just for money now. It's strange as well looking at the team on Saturday because you know, for months we've been on the pod, Steve, saying our squad's so thin, squad's too big. Then you look at the bench on Saturday and suddenly you go, we've got quite a good squad here. Yeah, if you didn't, have, two, if you didn't have 12 players out right. injured, you know, everyone would be a lot more positive. It's just, it was incredibly unfortunate that we had all those injuries. Mm. But, but as they start to come back, you suddenly realise that we, we do have a very good squad. And, and mm. e- even that team that was decimated by injuries, you know, we were very unlucky to get no points from those mm. three games against the, um, the big teams. Mm. You know, especially Man United. I couldn't believe mm. we didn't get a point out of that. Mm. And, th- and that game, we l- literally had 12 players out, didn't we, or something? Yeah. It was, so it was, it was basically Palace Reserves 
well not quite Palace reserves but but you know uh, a seriously d- depleted team only just those were great points and, and punches back hard. in this week as well he punches started his <laughs> punch, Jason Punch started his rehab this week so he's back in the gym with, with, yeah Good, okay, well that's the positive part to end this first section of the pod. Uh, in the next section, we'll have three extra podders. Who will they be? Find out in a few seconds. <laughs> right, welcome back to the five-year plan. 250th podcast! Hey! Hey! Uh, do I do the sponsors? Uh, I'll do the sponsors. <laughs> <laughs> How much wine have you? Otherwise, well, I'll just have to invoice them. Two Wait glasses more. of wine. Let's <laughs> <laughs> just leave the sponsors be. Right, Prof Sumlin. Hello, JD Senior. Hi there. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Good Don't man. Ask and Harry House, Daily Star. Hello. How are you? I'm honoured to be here. Oh, top man. That's what we want to hear. Let's start with you and Harry, because on the Huddersfield game at the weekend, uh, Palace had two penalty shouts. Mm. One given, one not given. Yes. Do you think the first one on Benteke should have been a penalty? Uh, initially, watching my very dodgy stream while I was at work, I thought, yes, yeah, I did. But watching a few replays, I thought it was very soft. The fact that Benteke is what, six foot three, he's one of the strongest players in the league. And it was just kind of a, just a one-handed push. And he kind of, he went over a little bit easily. Mm. Uh, if, if it went against us, it was one of those where you go, that's, that's really annoying. That shouldn't be a penalty. I mean, I thought it was a pen at the time. I haven't actually seen it back. Um, <laughs> I actually thought over the game, Mike Dean, Rob, uh, and he gets a lot of stick. I thought he reffed it really well. Um, I thought Palace, I, th- I thought both teams' tactics were interesting. Like when you look at how it was interesting hearing Roy Hodgson pretty much after the game admitting that we basically uh, wanted to to rough up some of their midfielders. Like Moy and um, Pritchard both got a little bit of rough treatment. Um, and, and it was interesting. Like it was it was such a different reflection of compared to what the first game of the season was like, where we basically let Moy run the show. Um, instead, every time Moy got the ball this time, you had either Luca or uh, MacArthur or Kabai at, some, at, late, at the later stage, kind of giving, giving them a little bit of rough treatment. And I thought, I thought Mike Dean kind of let the crowd influence him a little bit because Huddersfield just seemed to complain about every like their fans seem to complain about every single potential contact every piece of contact but in the grand scheme of things I thought it was pretty fair I mean he gave he gave the penalty it it was uh, the one that he gave was really obvious the one he didn't you could probably say maybe he should have done because you know but no I I thought he did okay if we were were given one out of every two penalties shouts I'd be very happy yeah that's very true that's very true can I can I offer you uh, uh, one name uh, JD Senior um, which is James Tompkins who scored oh. the first goal and Wilf is probably going to get player of the year I'd imagine but Tompkins is definitely in the running oh, he, he ought to be right up in the running I wasn't there on Saturday but obviously I read the reports and heard what you've all said about him but I mean just looking back over the particularly the last two or three months when we really needed him because we haven't had Sacco there Tompkins has been the mainstay of that defence mm. and I love the um, the desire he has absolutely fantastic the way he throws himself in the ball and in front of the ball and how I don't know how many blocks he's got but they always say he's had more blocks he's had more clearance he's had more tackles than almost anyone else on the, um, in the team mm. yes and I agree with you he should be right up there one of, one of my favourite things is uh, every time Tomkins does well for us West Ham fans just cry that little bit more because um, <laughs> they, they, they basically sold Tomkins in order to sign I think they got I can't remember who it was, but like you've got a guy who who 
himself admitted that he was West Ham through and through. And I think he'd had injury problems at West Ham as well. He's had them at Palace. I think he's, there've been spells where maybe it's a, maybe it's a little bit of a psychological thing where he worries a little bit too much about his muscles or whatever, but he's been so good in the last, he, I he mean, he looks a lot more like Palace through and through to me. Than since West Ham. he's consistently played, it's been, yeah. it's such a big, that was, was it. Yeah. Jose Fonte, Fonte probably yeah. they sold him for, but we got, uh, he's <laughs> now playing in China. <laughs> but we got Tomkins. We got Tomkins for what ten million? I think it was in the end ten million. Mm-hmm. Harry, that actually in the grand scheme of things, that's that's looking like a hell of a bargain. Yeah, these days with the, the crazy money that's going about, that's that's nothing. And uh, I don't know if you saw the the stat that I tweeted out the other day that uh, since since we signed Sacco on loan last year, him and Tomkins have only played eight games together, but they've conceded four goals and kept five clean sheets. Wow! So the fact that the fact that they're they're keeping so many clean sheets together, but the fact that they've only played eight games together in a year kind of highlights how how many injury problems they've had together. Yeah. So I think someone pointed out, someone tweeted the other day saying that if we if we can keep them both at the same time, we'll easily stay up. But I mean that obviously we've talked about defensive changes in this topic before, and I think I don't think we've had the same back four. I thought this weekend may have been the first time we kept the same. Oh no, because Sacco was back, wasn't he? So it was yeah. another change. But is that is that our best pairing? Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. Particularly with with Dan out, but I think even if Dan was fully fit, then Tompkins has proven the last couple of months that he's he's above him. But obviously, Dan is he's not he's not bad. You'd you'd happily have him in the team. Yeah, but I think they're definitely our best two. Well, yeah, because then you suddenly, I mean, again, going back to squad depth, you've got Martin Kelly who always comes in and does a job. You've you've got Dan there as well. You suddenly. And your Polish and Yak, yeah, <laughs> and Fossey Mensa, who can play in the middle. So actually, our squad depth for defence isn't. And we've got two left backs and Delaney and Dave. We have got we got three left backs. Who's our third left back? Soiree. Oh, Soiree, of course. Yeah. So actually, you know, actually, that's certainly for a team down the bottom as well, JD. We've actually got oh, yeah, very the, competent uh, defensive options. The, yeah, the, the back that back line. You know, I agree with you. There's a lot of strength in there when they're fit. Yeah, absolutely, and that is the issue. Um, PVA. Mm-hmm. Again, another good game, and I think on this pod we've given him a lot of stick over the, over the seasons. I have, well, mainly for that hair, for that hairstyle. Like he should definitely be dropped for that that hairstyle. Um, but again, he's he's really growing into that position. He's pretty I, much our number our number one choice left. Back. I think so. I think there's also again, it kind of comes back to Hodgson in some ways because I think that you kind of you have to give him a little bit of credit there, where when he feels when when you see that there's a solid centre with Palace, when you've got the the, the ideal centre back pairing the ideal midfield pairing and, and Wilf in attack as well, it kind of gives the rest of the, the, the players that are on the periphery, the players that are playing down the sides, the opportunity to go forward a bit more because they've got that trust in the centre. It's not going to collapse. It's not gonna, you're not going to find players out of position from the middle where they shouldn't be. And PVA is one of those players that's, that's really at his best when he's on the front foot. He was at his best with Allardyce and he's at his best now with Hodgson when he's attacking, when he's giving not only doing the defensive job, which he's been doing really well, but he's doing that attacking job really well. Like you see him upfield so often now. Um, and, and that gives Wilf options, that gives Townsend options, that gives Benteke, all these different players have an opportunity to kind of create and feed each other and, and prov- provide for each other. And I think that's a really important thing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, before the pod, JD, someone brought up uh, the name of Andros Townsend. And a friend of a friend is, is critical of Townsend. And he does seem to divide the fans a lot. But I actually think in the last couple of weeks, he's been, 
He's proven that he, he's got the qualitative level and he's, he's perfect for our system. I agree with that. He's perfect for our system. And I think that's partly down to the hell of a lot of work he does. And if you watch him on the, on the pitch, you realise how often he's tracking back. He's tracking back. And yet, he's up at the front pretty often too, isn't he? So I agree. I think he works incredibly hard. That was, um, one, that was one of the complaints Spurs had about him, that his work rate work. wasn't up to it. <laughs> and the player that we've seen, he might not have been as creative, but he's definitely doing... I mean, yeah. today, th- this last game, he won us a penalty from a really good run. He's yes, that's right. A couple of decent it opportunities. Did. I think against Man U, he, it was his cross that Benteke just that ended up being, having, a shot, having his header saved from. Yeah, I know he creates a lot of opportunities for the others, and he's had... A handful of assists as well, isn't he? Mm-hmm. But it's the, the defensive work he adds to that that I think yeah. he should be commended for. I, Harry, I actually saw at the weekend um, Wilf tracking back quite a few times, and you know Wilf gets a lot of criticism from a lot of people, but that is a side of his game that I think he's, def- he's definitely improved in. I saw him track back sixty <laughs> yards to get uh, the not, ball. Not Palace fans, Palace fans. Kevin's not going out. Fans, I'm talking about you know. I, I've never seen a, an opposition fan say, "Oh, Will, he, he's not a very. He dives a lot, and he's not a very good defender." I've never seen other fans kick off about that, but it's that, definitely a side of his game. That is part of his game. Yeah, he's, he, he works very hard, and I've, yeah, you've seen occasions where. He loses the ball and then he gets frustrated, so he runs back and he tackles and then he pushes up the field. So yeah. that is, yeah, it's definitely something that he tries at. And it wasn't even Will's, one of Will's best games, really. I think he was probably sort of six out of ten. But even so, still effective. Still started the run for Townsend to win the penalty. So even when Will isn't playing at his best, he's still an effective player for us. Yeah, well, I, don't, I wouldn't say that he had a bad game. I just think that other players had outstanding games like like Tompkins and... Uh, Wan-Bissaka and Wilfie played very well but he wasn't I think we when we say he wasn't his best game we put him at such a high standard that when he isn't quite amazing we say he had a bad game but he he had a good game he just wasn't incredible as we used to you never say Wilf had a bad game on this pod mate (laughs) (laughs) that's true isn't it we have such a high standard well the thing you want from Wilf is, is if he's not if he's not scoring or creating, you want him to be the player that takes pressure off the rest of the team. And he did that every single time. Like every time he got the ball, you had three of their players kind of crowding around him. He ended up getting lumps kicked out of him. I think on three, I think he ended up winning three, well, winning. Uh, He ended up with three yellow cards being awarded to Huddersfield players for fouls committed on him. Um, And he did it through, he just carried on. And the thing that I thought was really good about Wilf this time is you see him getting frustrated. I mean, even in the first game of the season, he would, he he got kicked and he would get up and he'd start gesturing and he just didn't do it. He just kept his head up high and just kept carrying on. And and it's what you want. Good. Well, we're going to keep our heads up high and keep carrying on into (laughs) part two of the podcast. We've got lots of questions. Part three. three. No, part two, because that was like a part one point five. That was was one Um, yeah, uh, so part whatever it is uh, after this short break. Welcome back to the Five Year Plan podcast. Whee! Pod two fifty sponsored by Vector Printing for your printing embroidery needs. Go to vector.co.uk. Vector with a K. K. And JCIS, the global research and brand consultancy from South London. Visit jc-is.com. I will. Oh! <laughs> very nice, very nice. Um, and that is the voice of Adam Sells. How are you, sir? Martin Kelly has been drafted in. He must be getting through the squad now. I thought you were James Tompkins these days. Well, I should be. 
You are. You are. Um, the Johnny Williams of the pod, Andy Street. Yeah. <laughs> That's not very nice to That's Johnny Williams. To, to either of you. Johnny Williams. No, no. I'll have it said that Johnny Williams is actually a lovely fellow as well. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, well, well, I'm not be too chuffed with that. Very much the wrong I'm not sure that I'd be Andy. wanting to go to Sunderland either, but there we go. <laughs> anyway, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? Uh, good, thanks, yeah. And Who am I of the pod, Jaddy? Ooh, uh, Hmm. Who do you want to be? Crystal Alice. I want to be mm. Crystal Alice. Got to be Karen Wambisaka, the young lady. Yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Under pressure. Yeah. No one else was available, and he's actually turned out to be all right. <laughs> Ed Knight. Hi. How are you? Yeah, fine. Good. So we asked our listeners yeah. for uh, well, sort of pod-themed general question questions they've sort of always wanted to ask us down the years. So I'm going to fire some of those. James, how do you get all your muscles? Is that the first well, one? Yeah, I had a lot of those. I had to edit those out. Um, the first, the first few are just are just nice messages from Paul Dean. Hi, Paul. Hi, Paul. And Daniel Schilling. All right, Dan. You're... And they say congratulations on 250 pods. Here's the next 250. That's not a question. I just said they weren't questions. Oh. And Dan Schilling says, uh, no question, literally. That's Thank question. you for 250 pods. Ho- uh, hoping for another 250. Love you guys. Which is very nice. Um, we love you too. 21E. That's Hi, nice. 21E. 21E. Says, what is... Is that a rapper? Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Is that like 50 cent? Potentially. Yeah. It's JD's old account. <laughs> it's Adam's postcode now that he doesn't <laughs> live in South London. Oh. <laughs> well, I'll fire this one to Adam then. It says, okay. what is slash should the club's current five-year plan be? Oh. A Cham- themed question. Champions League football. Good. Ambitious. I agree. Ambitious. Well, if you're in not, five years? If you're not ambitious, no point in being in the game, is there? No, that's fair. Why not? Leicester City won the Premier League, didn't they? Or did I miss something? No, they they did win the Premier League. Yeah. So there we are. Why not? League, Anything's possible in this game. Andy Street. Uh, I would say avoiding liquidation is always a good <laughs> five-year <five> plan because <laughs> we, we've not had one for, for about six years, yeah. not eight years now, and uh, by oh, just wow, sort of yeah. law of averages of Crystal Palace, we, we need to avoid one for five years because they come about in ten years. At the, yeah, at the end of the next 250 pods, liquidation. Yeah, glass yeah, yeah. half full kind of guy. <laughs> I mean, we always talk about Palace making this next step up, you know, stopping being a team that's in relega- relegation battles and stuff. I think you'll find at the beginning of the season on the pods, if you listen back, I did say that we'd be uh, challenging for top eight at this. We'd be challenging for Europe. So I think a healthy dose of cynicism, like Street's sort of uh, saying, is, is probably a good thing. But in five years, should we be? Well, why not? I mean, it's not easy, of course, is it? But, you know, we're in a good position if we avoid the drop this year you know we've got a decent squad that needs you know one or two adding to it but when doesn't it mm-hmm. um and i think ed's saying that there but frankly i think he's right i think eight ninth tenth as i said before is where we probably should be but given the uh the injuries and frank de boer that's probably why we're not there <laughs> <laughs> Poor Frank. I mean, do we, you know, we all have high expectations, Andy, but this is do a we? tough league. <laughs> all right, maybe you don't. The rest, some of us do on this pod. This is a tough league. You know, look at the teams down there now Southampton, Stoke, these are West Brom, established Premier League teams. Mm. It's actually a lot harder to progress, isn't it, to that next level than we think it is? I, I think that, well, there, there are two levels. There, there's a top six level, then there's everyone else. And all it takes is one bad season where. You either make a slightly ill-judged managerial appointment or you have a particularly grave injury crisis or just the luck runs against you. West mm. Brom, I don't think, have been a 20 points in 30 games sort of team this season, but they've had a lot of bad luck. They've made a bad managerial appointment or two. And they... <laughs> 
no, no, no comment. And <laughs> and it just it it does go to show that things can turn around very very quickly. You can yeah. be a very solid Premier League club who are fated by one one minute for your stability and the manner in which you set up and your infrastructure and all that sort of stuff, and then the next minute you can be bottom of the Premier League after thirty games, thirty one games. So <laughs> you can't really take it for granted. And frankly, mm-hmm. if we're still in the Premier League in five years' time, I'd still be delighted because all it takes is that one bad season. Hmm. And I think it's a point that's been made by a lot of people where it's possibly harder to, to, if you've been in a position of stability for so many seasons, to cope with suddenly being in a relegation battle. And we've seen teams like West Brom and Stoke completely fall apart at the prospect of that because they don't, they don't know how to cope with it. The players will no doubt be under pressure. Whereas, I, you know, like players that have been in the Palace squad for a while, we have had a few scraps like this. <laughs> They'll know that, it, that it's taking a game at a time, it's not the end they want spiral and stuff you know so yeah. I think we do have the building blocks to, to, to have ambition and stuff and it's and it's we won't take our stability for granted if when, when we get it you know? and yet though Adam you get teams like Burnley you know much I'm sure much smaller wage budget than us you know not a team on paper that doesn't look as our sexy manager as ours. doesn't eat worms so yeah. there you go well there is that and yeah. yet they're seventh in the Premier League and, and they're you know but that's what I'm saying to you Why would anybody sitting around this table honestly believe that they're better than we are or have a better squad than we do and so on and I don't think they have so and the Leicester case I cited earlier you know okay I'm being slightly flippant but anything is possible in this game and I think Mm. you have to have the right that Leicester squad that season it wasn't a great year for some of the others and you know they had the right mix and the right characters personalities people hitting form and they'd done some great transfer business hadn't they and no injuries yeah. there you go so you know there are all these factors that play a part so and obviously what they did before the season started as well so maybe we could organise something like that for carry on I might all, yeah. I think you might have to yeah. um, no I, I, allegedly there, there's so many factors that, that play a part you know team spirit they're, they're, uh, to, to have a successful football club you have to have the manager, the recruitment, the owners. Everything has to fall into place, you know. And, and sometimes when it clicks, it is possible. And I, I honestly think now, Palace, when everybody's fit and firing, we're a match for any team in the Premier League as we are now. There's nobody on any given day that we can't beat, let's be honest. We nearly beat Man City. Yeah, nearly. But, yeah. Uh, but we, we have done previously in previous seasons, yeah. yeah. I mean, we've beaten all the big boys by Manchester United since we've been back. And, you know, mm. frankly, United side, I thought we played the other week, wasn't fantastic. Yeah, we but won that. We were but unlucky. with, you know, 11, 12 players missing, it's very difficult. Right. I think when you talk about the team spirit and stuff as well, it's it's a, a constant of Palace is whenever we get players on loan or whatever, or new players coming in, they seem to really take to the squad quickly and they seem to really enjoy their time. Yeah. Um, it happened with Mamasaka last season and, and it's happening with people like Loftus-Cheek and Fossimenta now. So and Patrick Bamford. <laughs> Anyway, um, final thanks, question. Thanks, mate. You guys have got about a minute left before we switch you out again. What? Um, so You're being really? subbed yeah, off, yeah, yeah, it's fine by, isn't it? Was this rolling substitute? Rolling it's not five aside. Yeah, it's yeah. actually his. Uh, your water boy. Um, so the next question <laughs> is from Mike Benz. Oh, hi, Mike. Who says, I'll put this one to Andy first then. Congrats on reaching the milestone. Thank Very you. Nice. Thanks. Can you sum up your life as a Palace fan in three words? No. That's, that's one you've got, you got two more to go well I don't need any more I've just said very that. very no yeah exactly uh, the roller coaster cliche 
That's a good one. That's not bad, is it? It's like family. Nice. It's like having a brother or sister, isn't it, Pally? Yeah. So you can't, you don't pick it and it comes along and it's part of you and you never change it, do you? Yeah. So it's uh, as much as we haven't had uh, over the period tons and tons of success, I, you know, I think your football club represents where you come from, what you are and so on. And that's for me that this is my sort of hometown and where I'm born and bred. So yeah. Crystal Palace is my... He's my club. I can't. I can't actually understand, and and it deeply concerns me. Anybody that actually <laughs> follows a football club that they've got no connection with whatsoever, mm. and uh, you know, I, I always cite the. Uh, I was having this conversation the other week after one of the games at Sellhurst with a fellow who's uh, bought a season ticket in the 2010 lounge, who's a Liverpool fan, but he lives in Mitcham. <laughs> mm. So, uh, like that. but he came to the country in 1981. And he had to pick a team to follow. And Liverpool happened to win the European Cup against Real Madrid that year, so it's probably mm. just a coincidence. Yeah. I know, yeah. but, uh, <laughs> but uh, I asked him whether he wanted England to win the World Cup because you know Brazil and Germany are better. So perhaps you know we ought to follow them as well. You know, I mean, 1991 wasn't a brilliant year. Change my, was, you, you, can you remember any of that? I wasn't you? born. No, there you go. Anyway, uh, Ed, three words to sum up your palace life. Turning point. Question mark? Does that count? <laughs> yeah, that counts. Yeah, right. yeah, we'll have that. Um, good. All right, chaps, you're out. Oh, Thanks for joining. Yeah, yeah, your time's up. Wow. Uh, so we're gonna have a quick break, and I'm gonna switch in some more podders. See you after this. See you later. Oh, there we go. Right, welcome back to the Five Fan Podcast. We've now got Kevin Day. Hooray! Yeah, some, more that, some more of that wine. <laughs> I've been away for 40 minutes drinking wine. Good. The perfect uh, FYP accompaniment. Um, that's your catchphrase, isn't it? Yeah, it's my house. Yeah. Steve Barrett. Hello, again. <laughs> and Jesse Boyce. Present. So, let's crack nice. on with uh, questions from our listeners. James Duffwhistle. Hi, James. Hi, James. Says, how did you all meet? I don't remember. No. You sent me a really bizarre email mm-hmm. pretending to be younger than you were. Mm. I was quite young at the time. Though. I know you were quite young at the time, but it's, 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 no, it's a good. I can't remember. Well, in a way, we've all you know. Well, we went through, Steve, through the club. We've we all went through yeah. Palace, haven't we? Yeah. In a way, it's brought us. It's brought yeah. us all together, and that's kind of one of the best things about and Palace, chat rooms. <laughs> I don't know what you. Are. I, don't know what, I don't know how you all meet other fans and pubs. Yeah. yeah. How did you meet JD Senior? How did that's a fate. <laughs> um, but that's come on. That's one of the best things about Palace, Steve, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it, it it draws you t- together. You are you are Palace fans together. You feel a bit like you're underdogs because certainly w- when I went to school, um, most of the kids were Chelsea fans uh, or Liverpool, or mm. Man United. Mm. You know, the real glory hunters. At least Chelsea was close by, but but the few that were Palace fans, like we went to uh, Huddersfield on on Saturday with a guy I was at school at. We went to our first Palace game together, aged about ten. And and there we were, uh, forty uh, eight years later, um, and we, you just you just you have an affinity with your fellow Palace fan. Yeah, well, yeah I well, I still go with the, bond. The, with the the lad who I first went to my first game with, mm-hmm. Harry Howes, Daily Star, his uncle. Yeah. So his granddad <laughs> took me to the first game, so it's all mm. it's all part of it. And so that's one of the interesting things about going to the pub is like you see you know, when you go there when you're twenty one, and suddenly out of the blue you're thirty nine. With and Are you nearly in your forties now. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but suddenly everyone's got kids and grown. Yeah. You know, it's like you see all these generations growing up 
But also speaking of the pub, whenever we go to the Pawsons, any anyone that's a listener to this podcast that comes up and talks to us, they're always the nicest people. Like we just, you really? know, Palace fans are Palace fans, and we've got this connection. But we always get yeah. very also, nice people approaching us. Apparently, according to a couple of tweets today, me and Andy Street are always on the verge of hitting each other in the pub. So. Mm. Well, it depends how many drinks you've had. But I, I, well, I go to... How many uh, drinks he's bought, you mean? Which I go to every, every away game, and I w- always go to the pub before away <laughs> game. Always, Palace fans are fantastic. Mm. And yet, sometimes you go on the internet, you know, you go on the BBS, and you think, oh, dear. Yeah, Some no, of these people are horrible. But yeah. I've never met one. I've, no. I've never met a Palace and fan that haven't lied. I, I should, as a caveat, <laughs> say that obviously not everyone on the BBS... Is like that. Like no, it's, not, it's not a few. At all, not we, at all, we will get comments like that. Yeah. But also, those sort of people, they went face to face. They wouldn't be like that. They'd probably be very friendly. Either they wouldn't be like that, or they don't actually go to the games. But but I I have. Or I it's have one person on the BBS doing everything <laughs> under, <laughs> yeah. under different names. Yeah. Uh, um, Kessie, how did we how did we meet you? I just well come back to that. But I remember. <laughs> 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 Seem to remember an early pod where Kev told the story about the first time he went around for the first pod, and I think he, I remember I'm probably getting this a bit wrong. But I remember you saying that Ali was a bit unsure about it and said, "Don't waste your time with this." And apparently, you went around his house and there was only one drink in the fridge, but I can't remember who drank it. I, I drank it. <laughs> there was one bottle of what? There was bottle of wine. There was one bottle of beer in the, in the fridge. But uh, no, Ali was very uh, worried about me. Because <laughs> I had no idea where I was going. I had a sort of pencil written note on the back of an envelope yeah. saying get off at this station and follow these, these instructions. I, think I met you at the station, didn't I? No. I think, oh, did, did I not? No, of course you didn't. I think I did. No, you didn't. Sounds like something I would do. No, it doesn't. <laughs> so you would have met me at the wrong station on the different night. Yeah. Basically. Yeah, but it's, anyway, this is all fascinating stuff, of course. But yeah. But what Steve is saying is quite, we, I mean, we've touched on this before. It's like no matter what happens to us in terms of yeah, relegation, we still we still have the moral high ground because we're Palace fans <laughs> yeah. basically yeah, and, yeah. and I, I still integrity well, yeah, but it's strange <laughs> but I, 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 of course every fan loves their club I have this discussion with people on radio on TV at weddings and they don't understand. I say it doesn't matter you can take the mickey as much as you want I'm a Palace fan so I win yeah <laughs> basically yeah. So, we should get yeah. that when, when yeah. we inevitably get our tattoos yeah. maybe that could be something you we haven't get. got enough for the benefit of the tape JD is now flexing his flexing his muscles muscles thank you so, Give me more oh, one. I got I got to know you when I went on around the world trip 2006 for 12 months to the day I tried to do that after the first pod <laughs> just to shake off the memory but it didn't so I was away 2006 to 2007 with my mate Ed who sits next to me in the homestyle and we didn't have phones for a whole year, just totally detached from Palace. And in that time, I think we had a New England manager and a new Prime Minister and the smoking ban came in. There were the three things we were coming back to that was going to be weird and different. But so we were craving for normality and hence we were really quite keen to get back into Palace as like coming home. And I'd, I'd taken a 1988 Palace shirt with me around the world and had taken pictures of a random stranger from each country wearing it. So I had about 15 pictures of a Vietnamese guy, a Singapore guy, an Argentinian guy, all wearing palace shirts. And that came because we, in Hong Kong, the first country we went to, there was a guy with a Lampard shirt on for Chelsea. It wouldn't be funny to get pretend there's palace fans all over the world. Yeah. <laughs> Coincidentally, all wearing the same shirt. So, and then I gave them all to you when I got back because I saw the fans in and you printed them and then got yeah. to know them after that. How did you... And street you meet? I can't remember. Oh. No, oh, we didn't, thanks, no, 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 we didn't. So, we didn't go to school together. I think, no, I don't think Streety went. Streety didn't go to a top-class public school. 
I think through the BBS. Through, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. So curse that BBS. Um, <laughs> what was your username on the BBS? Was I had two. Yeah. yeah. The next Matt Johnson. And then Trilby. Yeah. So oh. Very high opinions of myself. Um, the next question is from Ben Allen. Hi, Ben. He says, why are the pods always at Kevin's house and does he cook and provide wine? That's a really... I don't cook wine, no. That, that's a very good question, why the pods always... Well, it's a hangover from the days when we used to go to the, the waterfront uh, where the blessed Jim, who was the landlord, who gave us free pizza and free drink yeah. for two years yeah. until the brewery discovered that... The, the, the brewery must have visited one night and thought, there's about 300 people here. This till must be full of money. Oh, it's 20 quid. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but yes, but I don't know why we first started doing it in my house, but it's, um, I think probably because the colours, mate. I don't know. But it's just yes. what we do now, though, isn't it? Yeah, but it costs, actually, in terms of, the, it costs us a fortune. Well, that's why we have the No sponsors. one realises how much we spend yeah. on pizza and wine. And oh, it's, I mean, it's not the, the first time I, I, I feel it's, it's really nice to... Yeah, it's really nice to have Steve here tonight, Steve Brown. But I've been slightly panicking for two days about the quality of wine in because Steve's got a wine cellar and I've got a little bit under the sink. Which you did call the wine cellar. It's a bit under the sink. I paid a visit to it. It was very. what you can't. You have to pass it on the way to the toilet. Well, speaking of alcohol, we've had a question from Tony Stewart. Hi, Tony. Because if Palace can often drive you to drink, what game have you been the drunkest at? I mean, Steve, you're a Alcohol connoisseur. Um, <laughs> Any games that, that don't stick in the memory for that reason? I, I, I do have a lot to do with alcohol, but I don't think I've ever been drunk at a game. I certainly haven't. I mean, uh, we're, we've all got friends who've had t- too much and, 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 and had no idea what the score was, that kind of thing. That or, laughter is coming or, from or Harry Or left House. at half-time because they yeah. thought it was the end of the game. The laughter's coming from Harry Hale's Daily Star, whose dad is... Remember the Newcastle game when the lad went on the pitch? We all checked to see whether Harry Hales' dad was. <laughs> I would say for I, us it might be that, that, that Fulham boat cruise before the Fulham game. Uh, oh, no, for you maybe. I've been, with all the things that have been going on, I, I, I think the, I was quite the, the Man United game recently because I did, made the terrible mistake of leaving Talksport at two o'clock in the afternoon and going straight to the Portsons, which was a, yeah. a bad thing to do. The Ipswich, remember the Ipswich game just before where we met in the pub, it's just before the end of the season we went up, the playoff season, 2013. Away at Ipswich. Yeah, and I can't remember why, but we were in a corporate box and they've got these sort of curved, convict, concave or convex. Mm. Uh, and we had a chance and I leapt up and hit my head on the... And on the train home, I f- was convinced we'd won 2-0 <laughs> and was mortified to discover that we'd actually lost. That was also the game that we yeah. uh, released... A Rambo T-shirt for Peter Ramage, and uh, he—I think he scored no goal in that game and got stopped yeah. off and never played the Palace again. So <laughs> that was a good investment. I once did a thing, a piece for Match of the Day too, with some Norwegian Liverpool fans. One of whom uh, they were—they well, got barred from a pub during the piece, which was quite impressive. <laughs> Uh, but one of whom was supposed to interview him after the game. He didn't turn up to about half six because he'd been getting a shirt printed with the score on it and the scorers. Mm. And his mate explained because he got he got so drunk after each game he had no memory. That, so if somebody asked him what game he'd, he'd, he'd look in his wardrobe at home and just go to the, to the shirt and go, oh yeah, we won four 0 <laughs> <Not looking laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. So I said, uh, what does his wife think of that? He said his wife left him a long time ago. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> So about you, when's the last... Because you, cause you have, you have the occasional gin and tonic, didn't you? Wanna... No, I'm, I'm, I work at Palace now. Oh, not at Palace, but on match day. So not always, professional. you have the... So. I've, I've never though. seen JD pissed. Have you not? No. He's drunk now. 
He can't. <laughs> he seriously can't hold his drink. Jesse's the word. Jesse gets really violent. <laughs> Final question from Chris Emmanuel. Hi, Chris. Says who would win in a fight between Kevin Day and James Endicott? Well, it depends whether well lubed up or just straightforward. Oh. Is it boxing? We're talking wrestling. Boxing. Am I going to have to cut this? No, no. We're talking about DH Lawrence male wrestling. <laughs> We wouldn't. The Endicott and I wouldn't he, fight. Neither of you are fighters, are you? Well, I've got the feeling with Endicott, if you start, you'd have to kill him. He'd just keep, he'd just keep coming back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I don't. I hate. I, I feel like if you slag off the wrong band, he would. He'd come at you. He would. Yeah, he'd come at you. But you've got enough time. You'd see him coming. Wouldn't you? So. Like, there's no, there's, there's no. A, a fight between me and Streety, which apparently has become a thing well, in the last couple of days. This is why I've yeah, not got you on the no, same no, section this point. No, but no, keep I would, you apart. Endicott, you wouldn't fight with Endicott. No, well, he's from Halifax, so they wouldn't use the same rules as us, would they? Very true. But speaking yeah. of sections, uh, this, your section's over, guys. <laughs> so, <laughs> what? We're going to move on. Thanks for joining me. After the break, we've got more podders. Who was speaking of sections? Me. The whole pod has been done in sections, isn't it? Yeah, but we've not been paying attention. Yeah, of course I have. Well, not really. <laughs> no. Because I've been... Anyway, you're off. Oh, okay. New podders are on after this. Well, do you know, it's my house. I might stay. Welcome back to the Five Year Plan podcast. We've done our rolling subs. We've now got Daily Senior. Hello. Rob Sutherland. Hello. And Harry House. Hello. Right. So the next question is from Chris Emmanuel. Second, Hello, Chris. Hi, Chris. Hello, mate. <laughs> Second question for him this, this pod. He says, who's the poshest out of Daily and Sutherland? Uh, well, um... What, why are you being Sven McGoran? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I have no I mean, idea. It is you. Oh, yeah, fine. Whatever. Yeah. What do you think, J.D.? I mean, you, you got a horse I'd in this race. I'd ask the man to define posh before I'd answer the question. I'm just well-spoken. Yeah, I think I am too. Good. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think, Harry? Uh, yeah, definitely Sutherland, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, Fuck up. The next question is from Charlie Dodd. Hi, Charlie. Hello. I'll go this to Harry, this one. He says, should Tompkins be in the England squad? No. No, I <laughs> I love Jake. I love him. He's he's been excellent the last couple couple months, but probably not. I think he's he's been really good for us. But I think the fact that other other fans like Bright, Brighton fans would be saying the exact same about Lewis Dunk, Newcastle fans would be saying the same about Lascelles. Yeah. Like, why is he not in the England squad? And I think if you take off your Palace glasses, he's not that that much better England England kind of have this thing where at centre back we don't have anyone outstanding but we've got a lot of players that are very decent like Maguire yeah like uh, no 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 no, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like John Stones people like that so I think that Tom, what goes against Tompkins is the fact that he's he's 28 so his age is going to stop him getting the team yeah and no, that's fair. I mean, we've been here before, haven't we? It was Scott Dan, put, put Joel Ward, a lot of players that have been playing well for Palace and, and there's been campaigns to get them to play for England, but yeah. it's never happened. I think in Tompkins' case, if he played the whole season without injury, without any kind of... If Palace were a mid-table side, like the team that we have without the injuries maybe deserves to be, he'd have a better shout. Um, he's one of those players that I, th- I think we've... I- I've said this before, but to me, he's someone who plays really well with another good centre-back. So he's he's better when he's alongside someone like Sacco because he he tends to not be as much of a... 
as much of a leader rather than it's difficult to say that influence maybe yeah well i think you just need someone who's really strong-willed next to him to kind of direct how how you def- how how a team defends and in sacco you've got someone who's constantly kind of commanding everybody else whereas tompkins tends to be kind of a silent partner in that but and i think uh with what southgate's trying to do with england is He's trying to bring through kind of younger players like Maguire, younger centre-backs, and the older players he's going for, like Gary Cahill, they've got that England experience, that tournament experience. Yeah, which you do need. You do need so Tomkins, like Tomkins might have a shout if he ends up playing a whole season next season. You know, if, if that level of performance continues, then there's no reason why he wouldn't, wouldn't have a shout, because he's, he's got the experience, but... All I can say is thank you, Harry, because I feel it would ruin him for us. <laughs> what he plays for us is what counts. Yeah, it's true. I, can't, I don't care about England. Do you feel like there are with any players playing international football? Uh, unfortunately, because I don't support England. Yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, well, okay, JD, I'm going to put the next question to you from James Burf- Burfoot. Hello, James. Barefoot, Burfoot. Um, it says, if you had to list the 250 best Palace players, what player would be 250th? <laughs> <Who would they laughs> <be? laughs> <laughs> unfortunately, I don't think I've got enough time on this pod to go and add them all up. <laughs> Very difficult, very, very difficult, because I presume by what who would be 250th would be someone who wasn't very good. Well, who was kind of maybe okay. Been a lot of fun. You know, <laughs> um, maybe not. I don't know. That's why I think like I'd have to kind of listen. Danny Granville, he, maybe? Well, kind of. I was thinking of Amal Carriage. Oh, oh, no. That's he'd be, like, that's he'd be like down in the I think low maybe thousands, someone like yeah. Neil Dan's. Would yeah. he be around that kind of... Yeah, maybe. I, I really mean, like someone who's kind of <laughs> decent <laughs> at championship level. Yeah. That kind of... Wilbraham? Tommy Black. Yeah. Julian Tommy. Gray, that kind of... Yeah. Level. Julian Gray did well for us. Julian Gray yeah, scored but, some important goals for us. I mean, yeah, he came back. He had that weird spell, though, where he kind of disappeared. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fell out with Whereas Simon Jordan. Wilbraham didn't. That's true. That's, true. That's very true. Uh, Wilbraham was maybe a bit higher because he did... I mean, he... he Played very well in one of our most important games ever. Uh, he came in. He came in for for Glenn Murray when when we really were worried that we didn't have anyone to lead the line. And to be fair, against against Watford, he did. He, he led did the, the line. He didn't definitely. score, but he did the job. He did the job. Yeah, absolutely. Harry, any in place you chuck in that mix? <laughs> uh, that kind of uh, don't know. Uh, Danny Butterfield is that too? Yeah, that's a he, decent shout. That's not a bad shout. But yeah. after that hat trick, does he deserve to be up in the well, top top one fifty? <laughs> Maybe he was reliable for us. I, I think this is a good podcast. Uh, I remember I know, where we he sit probably should have given us a bit of notice for this yeah, question. Done, yeah, I remember seeing Danny Butterfield when after that hat trick against Wolves. The next week, we still he was playing. He was playing right over front three because we had no players. Uh, Warnock then played him in the same position away at Scunthorpe. And uh, I think it's one of the worst performances I've ever seen. He scored a perfect hat trick. Seven left, right, and head And we beat Scunthorpe, so it worked. Neil Dan's last minute. Yeah. Against, against Wayne Hennessy. I mean, that, that perfect <laughs> hat trick is one of the most oh, amazing. Oh, it was fantastic. A fantastic evening, absolutely. But if you remember the game before, he wasn't very good. Actually, yeah. it was bloody awful. Should we agree on Danny Butterfield as our 250? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, um, okay, so we've got a question from Gareth Davies. Hello, Gareth. Hello, Gareth. Hello, Gareth Davies, but uh, who knows? Um, we had a Palace player called Gareth yeah, Davies. Yeah, we did. Yes, we did, yeah. It says, is there an update on the FOI request to those pillocks on the South Coast? I'll direct this one to Rob Sutherland. Uh, very briefly, uh, Sussex Police came back and said that they uh, were going to refuse our request on the grounds of public interest. 
Uh, and we have since responded with another email, which they will absolutely love. I think it was about 5,000 words uh, written all by yours truly. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, so we're waiting on a response for that, hopefully in the next week or so. And if not, we'll chase it. And I mean, we're going to, I say we, you, you're doing basically most of the work on this. Um, yeah. We're going to keep chasing it. We're, what are we looking for? We're looking for kind of answers as to why um, they put that information out that was false. I mean, we, we, the thing is, we don't think that them responding with a blanket free uh, blanket uh, excuse of saying that it's not in the public interest to share anything from any of the questions that we, 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 we asked um, in the original Freedom of Information request is a legitimate response to the questions that we have. I think a lot of those questions, some of them you can argue, yeah, there is a case for that because the police have, have to work along tactical grounds and they have to kind of uh, accept, well, they have to, they have to look at the, the bigger picture. But a lot of those questions that we asked, things like um, how many fans were prevented from getting into the stadium, that, that's the kind of stuff that you can quantify um, and as yet they haven't done that. And I think that that's ultimately what we want to hold them to account to. If they come back and say none of this applies, then we'll have to push it a little bit further up, but we'll just have to wait and see. I mean, it's, it's, it's precedent setting as well, isn't it? Because there's probably been things like that, that have happened over the past few years and fans haven't pushed it. But by doing it, it hopefully means that fans will feel empowered enough to actually ask questions to authorities like this when they feel like they're not being done justice of course and the thing is we we're all football fans and we all go to games and we all stand with fellow uh palace fans and and other like you you and i and all of us here are regular football fans who wouldn't carry knives and knuckle dusters to a football stadium and i can guarantee that wow, the majority the 70s. <laughs> point. But, the, but the majority of people that attend football matches would never consider doing either of those things those are in, if you were to, to, to talk about weapons, those are in some cases deadly weapons, especially in London when you consider the kind of the issue with knife crime that we have. So when you accuse Palace fans of carrying either of those weapons in, and I, I don't think I don't even know if you can buy knuckle dusters nowadays, but if you can, I mean to, to even accuse someone of, of carrying that into a stadium and then to have discarded it after going through the process of trying to get it into the stadium, it's just ridiculous. And so ultimately we, we it, ideally we'd like to get an answer on that but there are so many other questions that i think palace fans deserve to have answered um and and it's it's one of those things i think that there is a point where public authority has to be held to account um we are we we're, we're told that we have to respect authority but equally with that comes a mutual uh, understanding that authority will take uh, the measures that they need to 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 be reasonable about these things and i don't think sussex police were reasonable I think it's also it's also fair to say that Sussex Police have handled um, conflicting matches, you know, these kind of high high intensity games uh, on a regular basis, where Sussex Police haven't. Like they, they even, I think people at Brighton have even admitted that the most. In, you mean the, Met Police have and Sussex Police? So haven't. the other way yeah. around, yeah. yeah. Sorry, Sussex Police haven't had big, tense fixtures to deal with, um, and so they weren't prepared. Uh, which then begs the question: Why didn't they ask for support? Why didn't they go to? They were over, yeah, over prepared to the to the extent that they were kettling fans that didn't need to be kettled. Yeah, well, so that still doesn't. That still it all doesn't comes back. Up, I mean, make up for false information. But we we will update yeah, our followers course, when that course. happens. Okay, a final question then for you guys before I chuck you out again um, from Chris K. 
Hello, Chris. I'll go to JD for this one. Which player purchased since we got promoted has given the best return in his fee? Since we've been promoted? Yeah, so since 2013. Well, I must admit, I'd immediately go for Kabai because I like him so much as a player. Yeah. Um, But, you know, I'm trying to think. We haven't actually got any player in the the team who, regularly playing in the team now, who who was purchased who cost cost significantly less than... uh, 10 million, I don't suppose, have we? No. So yeah, since all, Kabai. Yeah, I mean, if you look at it, playing regularly in the team now, you know, Van, uh, PVA, yeah. Tompkins, James, James MacArthur. But they're all... MacArthur was James, about the same. Luca was, was a bit more. He, PVA was more. So if you're talking... Was more. Since we got promoted, yeah. Scott Dan only cost one and a half million. And yeah. for, for two years, he was our best player. He was, he was incredible. And he... We were talking about him two years ago, the same way you're talking about Tonkins now, saying yeah. he should be in the in the England squad. Yeah. So he kind of came in, and we thought, wow, why? Why is he? And so he came cheap? in with a reputation of someone that kept getting relegated all the time. Yeah, with he relegated with Blackburn. Black 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 he was fantastic. In fairness to Scott Dan, uh, he was actually playing really well until he got injured hmm. against. Uh, Can I offer you another name? Yep. Wilfred Zaha. Yeah. You know, we sold him for fifteen million, and then we got him back for whatever it was, five or six, and he's going to go on to potentially be one of our best ever players. I think it's one of those. Yeah. <laughs> you should never have left. left. That's, That's kind of like the, the counter argument. I suppose you say there. Actually, we got him for a negative, didn't we? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. They paid us to, to have him. So yes. Yeah, yeah. But maybe I'd have to uh, we accept money. that he, a bit, in terms of return on the capital employed, I think Wolf would be better even than Kabai. Said like a true accountant. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Beautiful. Uh, final question. Then I go to Harry for this one from David Cheeseman Eagles. David Cheeseman Eagles. I don't know if that's his real name. Um, how m- the Eagles bit, <laughs> not the Cheeseman. Well, yeah, but I mean, <laughs> Travis Endicott is called Eagles in his last name. Um, very quickly, how many points will Palace finish on? He's saying forty-five. Quick as he can. What are we currently on? Thir- tw- Thirty. 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 Uh, I think we'll finish on forty. Nice. I like that. 41. Why not? Woo! 44. What? Oh, okay. Well, that's very positive. Uh, let's end that section there. The next section, we'll have some more podders. Who will they be? Find out soon. <laughs> Welcome back to the 5 Year Pan Podcast. We are joined by Adam Sells. Wait, what, wait, sorry, what episode Stephen is it, Stephen Barrett having the official fan club. What episode right. is it? No, we're still in part two. Oh right. Sort of. Yeah. Why'd you say welcome Just, back then? If there's like, because there's been a little, there's been a little break. There's been a little break. Yeah. Part two is rolling on. Andy Street. Hello. Ed Knight. Hi. Right. Hi. The next question is from Panda Arms 101. All right, Panda. Oh, he's a good fellow. He sends me nice tweets. <laughs> you, 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 you approve of him yeah well this is a great tweet he says he's on the sales yeah. goalkeeper products uh, he, said, Pan- he likes me Panda Arms 101 says in celebration of the 250th pod I thought it apt to ask 250 questions <laughs> ready <laughs> here we go question one and then he hasn't actually asked a question right. so the next uh, question is from <laughs> what the, What was that I think he was just Thanks, trying, to be, trying to be funny oh, I, I like enjoyed Panda. that that was a good he's tweet a good he sends me nice messages so he's alright by me Good. Next question <laughs> is from Adam Sin- Sinski. Oh, I thought oh, we were going somewhere. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Says, Hi, Adam. Yeah. Why can't I eat any crisps on the podcast? Out of 250, because we get a lot of complaints. Out of 250, what is your pod high and your pod low? I'll go to Andy Street for that one. I've <sighs> done quite a lot of these. Um, pod high. I reckon, right, the pod that we did with Mele Jednak just before the playoff final. 
Okay. Where um, inspirational, <laughs> and it showed that you can win a playoff final after having a glass of wine, which was good. But also demonstrated it really. Yeah, quite. Uh, no, it was. It was it, that, that was a special pod because it was a special time for Palace. It was sort of that upward trajectory. Milo showed the sort of steely resolve that kind of meant that if you were there in the room with him that night, or if, even if you just heard the pod, you knew that something special was going to happen. So that'd be the high. The low would... And he came back on, so he didn't hate it. He came back on and then he met that- James Endicott after five <laughs> pints. <laughs> and he's not been back on since and left Palace shortly thereafter. There might be a correlation there. Uh, that, that was probably the high. The low was probably James Endicott meeting me. <laughs> no, the low, uh, the low must have been probably just after we went into administration, I reckon and Kevin came round it's not the fact that Kevin came round but it was <laughs> it was a particularly bleak moment for Palace and at that moment you kind of thought I don't really know where this we, club's going and we had to record it like an emergency yeah. pod over Skype didn't we the, the day that Palace over Skype we lived together at the time relations were so sour that we had to go from one bedroom yeah. to the other yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, dear. okay uh, the next question is from Mother Shovel <laughs> okay hi <laughs> Mother Shovel right mum good question it says congrats on <laughs> congrats on reaching pod 250 do you ever feel did you ever feel you'd get this far and uh, as you reach this landmark does it feel like you've turned a corner uh, I'll go to Ed Knight. Have we turned a corner? I've only been doing it since about pod two thirty, so I don't help. I, I, I've only heard stories of the dark times when they used to do it before. Well, we used to make up the letters, yeah, and, and I think four share people listened. One can of beer, yeah. yeah. And there were songs at the end. There were songs at the end. I well, think there might be a song true? at the end of this one. I yeah. feel like some very bad songs. We did a song about Craig Beatty to the tune of "Beat It" by Michael Jackson, which was particularly bad. <laughs> That was bad. Good, good. We did I'm No Superman about Paul Hart. These were bleak times for Palace and bleak times oh, for oh, the, the FYP podcast. The podcast. <laughs> no, remember when we were all trying to trying to figure out a Mandanda song and then it was a largely pointless exercise. <laughs> we're still <laughs> thinking. We still it, thinking, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think, honestly, I think that in, in a matter of years we'll be podcasting in Europe. Um, just You're convinced for getting the Champions League. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll have you know, we did a podcast from Augsburg after JD convinced me to drive for 30 hours there and 30 hours back to watch 45 minutes of football for Tony Pierce's last ever game. But yeah, I do. Was. I would like to see a, a proper Europa League podcast. That'd be yeah. nice, wouldn't it? Yeah. Would, would, yeah, you, would you join good, us yeah. on a Europa League podcast? Celsius? I don't think you'd have me on at Real Madrid. Or you'd get someone else for that. I'm usually Hull away or something. You'd be there. Yeah, today we've got, we've got Adam Sells and Ronaldo on yeah. the podcast. <laughs> okay, uh, next question is from Tweeting Nav. Oh, hi, hi Nav. Nav. Oh, we like him as well. Another good fella. Because <laughs> he sends you nice tweets. Yeah, another bloke sends me nice messages. Right. Um, he says, what's been your, and in brackets, especially Andy's, but we'll go to everyone for this. We'll start with Andy. Most impactful. Oh, Andy's favourite word. Impactful in uh, capital letters, letters moment on the pod. <laughs> impactful is not a word, firstly, <laughs> which is probably why he's directed at me in capital letters. Right. So I've now got to pick another moment. Um, probably when Damien Delaney asked JD if he was on crack. I was, I was genuinely going to say that. Oh, that which, was my one as well. Which yeah. was a particular high point <laughs> where JD asked him a pretty facile question. That's my ringtone. <laughs> da- Damien Delaney is one of those guys who tends not to uh, brook questions that are 
slightly facile and, and got a bit cross. So I'd say probably that <laughs> moment. Crack. That's a good. I mean, yeah, that was a good moment. I, 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 I got that. Adam Sells in a, in a corridor at we Huddersfield. Asked I asked him if the next game was a must-win game, game, which yeah. is a bit of a cliche like, question. I asked him why he had 27 as on the shirt, and he was like, that's the number they gave me. <laughs> that was, <laughs> <that> was <laughs> Robert Sutherland. No, it wasn't. It was Adam, Adam, any impactful moments? For me? Yeah. Since when? Since, Since it became the sales cost. Pod or being on the pod or getting all those nice comments from well, people. Well, I get some nice comments from a few people, which is quite unusual. Most of the time <laughs> I'm told to shut up and stop talking. Okay. Uh, the next question then is from Aidan Grant. Oh, hi, Aidan. Right, and I'll go to Selzy for this one. Aidan says, where, where will Palace be at the 500th pod? For the 500th time of this episode. <laughs> Bear in mind that it's taken us about a decade to get to 250 pods. Well, I said the Champions League, didn't I? So we'll have to go World Club Championship for that. We'll be playing <laughs> Kashima Antlers in, the, in Australia or something in the World Club Championship, won't we? That'll be good. I'll look forward to that. Oh, and Independiente yeah. from Brazil as well. Yeah. Yeah. That's the dream, isn't it? Yeah, so us might make that I'm podcast. That. Yeah. <laughs> we have none for that one. Yeah, be right. okay. Andy, I guess yours would be Stockport away or something, wouldn't it? Probably, yeah. <laughs> I would imagine so. I, what, I, might, I might venture there. I might, where, do, where do you think we'll be? What in in, in, t- in Bear in mind that you've been here since the start. In nine years' time, yeah. uh, probably League One. Resign Wayne Hennessy. <laughs> yeah, really? he, he, well, he might finally find his level. Don't be stupid. <laughs> Julian will still be playing in nine years' time. Yeah. <laughs> He'll only be 48 then. Kev. Kev. Andy, I'll put this next question to you. It's from Son A. Hi, Son. Right, Son who uh, is a regular question asker, says, um, what's FYP... <laughs> is that a term question asker? It is now. Poser, poser, poser. poser. says, um, what's FYP started after a drunken night in the Pawsons? And what pod took you the longest to do? I imagine the pod where Jim was slurring his words took a while to record. Well, that's, 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 that's been a few. That, no, that's been a few of them. I think the pod that took us longest to record was probably the one just after Endicott appeared on late kickoff, <laughs> having <laughs> won the trophy for <laughs> my place or yours, and then turned up with uh, a bottle of not not the type of wine as Steve's turned up with tonight, but of a similar size. And then uh, I, I was the one responsible for hosting and editing that. And it, 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 upon listening back, it was just an hour and a half of Kevin and me talking about Eric Cantona which uh, wasn't really worthy for broadcast so I reckon probably that one was uh, probably that one was was mm. the worst I think but the pod wasn't started at a drunken night in the Portsmouth was it? Uh, the pod was started I think by JD with some sort of Fisher Price style device in about 2008 when Nick Carl had just made it into the team and I think he'd been to Nottingham Forest away or thereabouts and uh, decided to talk into some sort of recording device, a dictaphone that people were evidently going to listen to. I think both of the people who listened to that one were a little bit disappointed. But I don't think we'd started going to the Pawsons' arms at that point. So, so no, I don't think it was born out of the Pawsons, but it was just born out of, I guess, uh, a slight boredom and uh, a desire to speak nonsense to people who didn't know us. And people listened to it. I'm, they, I'm, they, they didn't till tonight <laughs> I'm still amazed um, I don't think we have actually ever done a pod in the Pawsons though although we have given the Pawsons a lot of advertising over the years I don't yeah. think we've actually ever recorded one there I think we have really? I think we've done one in there I don't 
extra. No, we turn up there. We, no, <laughs> no, no, Kevin wasn't invited. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, I, yeah. I think we did well, one yeah, in there in about, about 2012, it, yeah. where you, me, and Kevin turn up on a Monday night expecting the Paulsons to be just the same as it is on a match day. Turn up to the Paulsons and no one was in there, and we just picked a table and spoke to each other like very lonely old men. No, not, not, not a lot changed. Yeah. <laughs> Much like this pod. Oh, okay, cool. Well, uh, I'm afraid to say, guys, that your uh, time's up. Oh, f- <laughs> for this section. I've turned into Gyro Reed around the last four minutes <laughs> to see the game out. <laughs> Make sure we go over the line with the points. Makes an impact. Yeah. yeah do you know what I mean? Right. Um, do I still get my appearance money for that? We'll talk about that well, afterwards. Okay. Last year, no. So uh, <laughs> there'll be a quick break, and uh, there'll be some more podders after this. Welcome back to the <laughs> final part of the, this podcast, whatever's happening. So we're chucking the sponsors, we're chucking the sponsors, why not? We love them. Part two. This is part whatever <laughs> you want it to be. Uh, sponsored by Vector Printing for your printing embroidery needs. Go to Vector.co.uk, Vector with okay. okay. And JCIS, the global research and brand consultancy from South London. Visit jc-is.com all together. I will. Ah, very nice. And John was supposed to be on tonight, but yeah. had to pull out, unfortunately. So um, Too busy willing. Yeah. So is he winning? Willing, not willing. winning. Oh. Oh. Anyway. Uh, okay, so final few we questions. We say the world, but we never have. No. Final few questions. Well, I have. Then. I don't know if you haven't. And this question mm. is from Michael Cavendish. Hi, Michael. Hi, Michael. Hello. In which season, since, oh, since 2010, has Kevin suffered his worst wobble? Oh, there's been some wobbles. Mm. <laughs> it's been some wobbles. There has, yeah. Uh, mm, I think probably after the Everton game this season. A couple of weeks ago, that was a really? big wobble. Yeah, oh, yeah. Wow, really? Yeah. Okay. Was... <laughs> Good, okay, yeah. cool. Yeah, it's a big wobble. Had there been any bigger wobbles before 2010? <laughs> what, palace-wise or life-wise? Palace. My life's full of wobbles. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, was, well, <laughs> that's a difficult question. Yeah, it's a lot of wobbles. Yeah, yeah, wobble, yeah. X-rated, that yeah. is. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> Right for Everton, that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the, the biggest wobble will come when I eventually swim naked across Fulton Heath Pond, which I've been promising for quite some time. It's got to happen at some point. That'll be a wobble. That will be a wobble. We did have a question saying, are there any more naked pond dreams? I have those dreams every night. So does Harry Howe's Daily Star, but that's a different question. I think me, I think me, Selzy, and Steve Brower, I think that's the dream team, the three of us. Three. naked across. Swimming naked across. Swimming Yeah. Cool. Because I think between the three of us, we will actually cover Thornton Heath. Pot- <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> There's no water in it now. There's a couple of ponies like sleeping rough and some, some beer cans. <laughs> I fear for those guys. Right, okay. The next question is from Sun A. Hi. Again? Hello. I think again. Again? They're allowed to tell the ones. Um, I'm going to send this one to Rob. The question says, apart from the occasional sponsor making a guest, JCIS, um, who has been your most entertaining guest on the pod and who would you like to bring on in the future? Um, I, th- I hate to say it again, but I think, I think Miley, when he came on the first time, because it was that reassuring presence, uh, the second time for the FA Cup, I really, really believed that I thought we would win the FA Cup after listening to that. Did we? Um, no. Oh, Sorry. Oh, oh spoiler um, alert. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> I've not watched it yet. I, but I, 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 I've, it's a good also, dancing, though. Yeah. I've also really enjoyed Ju- like having Julian Sproni on, on the pod. I thought that was really excellent. He's such a lovely guy. It was, yeah. It's always really good to, to have people that are relatable. I think Palace is a club that have a lot of players who are relatable, who are people who maybe haven't had 
the luxury of of life you know the, the the luxury of kind of the riches of life who've worked really hard to be successful and that in itself is kind of the club that palace are we've worked really hard to be where we are uh, as fans we work really hard on a on a regular basis to get behind our team which is why everyone gives us praise for it um, so it's really nice to have players who embody that and to, to have them visit our podcast and spend an hour and a half of their day talking about the things that we love hearing about is just such a, a luxurious thing to experience and so yeah I, I think I, the two guests that made the biggest impact recently was Steve Barrett's dog <laughs> yeah, <laughs> made yeah, a massive impact but I think um... oh, excuse me Getting emotional. Oh, nice. Yeah, the guess that's made the most impact was Jason, I think, punching. Punching, yeah. In terms of the response from listeners afterwards. Yeah, and at a very pivotal time for Palace as well. We we needed wins. But again, like the Milo one after that pod, you felt like Palace could do this. Andy Uh, Stewart? Good guess. I reckon probably uh, when... JD went up to Clint Hill and asked who, after seven points at the play of the year, who would win the fight between Clint Hill and yeah. Claude Davis. And Clint Hill wasn't best impressed at that question. So I reckon probably him. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> oh, that was funny. Um, the two melee ones. Keith Millen. Yeah. Keith, was, excellent, Keith, Keith excellent. was excellent. Yeah, very good. Some good stories as well. We'll be you, lucky, haven't we, Kevin? We've had, we had some great guests down the years. Mm. Um, okay, final few questions. Dan Bright. Oh, I, don't. I, don't. So I don't. What's your favourite Palace moment since starting the pod? Wow. So nine years of, of podding. It's got to be, for me, the Kevin Phillips penalty. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Big moment. Mm-hmm. Big moment. It's funny because there have been some Palace moments and, and penalties and uh, incidents where you go, it's not going to happen here. And yet that was one of those where in a playoff final, in the hundred and whatever minute, minute it was, you kind of thought, it's Kevin Phillips. Kevin Phillips has done this to us for 20 years. <laughs> Kevin yeah. Phillips doesn't miss anything yeah. ever. Kevin Phillips is stepping up for a penalty for us at Wembley. Yeah. This is pretty cool. Yeah. And it'd been like just such a bizarre season anyway. And it'd been sort of the culmination of a particularly meteoric run and an unexpected promotion, really. I mean, Stephen, who's sitting to my left and anyone who's associated with the running of club has said that in some ways it felt like it was too early and like it was something that wasn't necessarily expected and yet it it seemed so right at the time as well so I'm going to go with that particular moment in that particular match in that particular year I think for me it was probably the boat trip to Fulham at the end of the season afterwards. I don't remember that one yeah well but that, I mean the, I don't remember much but the Kevin, the Kevin, all I remember that Kevin Phillips penalty was I watched it from the back of the, the stand and then went to the toilet for the next seven minutes because <laughs> I just couldn't bear to watch the game it's like, but I think because that boat trip because we'd stayed up unexpectedly first time we'd stayed in the Premier League and that was just joyful that yeah. day I mean and again we were surrounded by a lot of great Palace fans yeah, yeah. who were you know in good spirits and it was good fun but there's so many moments aren't there that, that like you, you look back and you think Wilf's double against Brighton against the, our biggest rivals they hadn't been beaten at home I think for since we last beat them <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, which was the Glenn Murray goal and, yeah, yeah. and Wilf yeah. uh, with, without Glenn Murray in, in, in attack we really thought we'd we didn't have as much of a chance. Julian made some incredible saves. And then, um, um, you know, a little while later, 
Wilf scored an incredible double and he scored, I think, his only ever header that he's ever scored for Palace, Whoa. which I think yeah. from, from memory anyway, with the most ridiculously beautiful salmon dive header. Um, but then you've also got the three all, the, the, you know, the, the, the Cristambul and those kind of moments. Mm. We've had so many uh, good moments to enjoy that I think it's just something that's, you know, it's, it's nice. There's a, despite this season being difficult, there have been so many positives. It's funny, it's difficult to, to celebrate. Pick, pick one in the era since we've been doing this podcast Whereas, like, you look at it from maybe 98 through to 2004 when we win the playoff final. I kind of look back at it and I was going every season. I had a season ticket. Nothing really happened, did it? And then similarly, like, from the time that we lost the playoff semi to Watford in 2005 through to Hillsborough, again, until things started to really go slightly uh, belly up under Simon Jordan, it, it didn't really feel like a huge amount other than the... Bristol City playoff semi-final again happened whereas in that period since it's felt like there's been stuff going on all the time there's been sort of a a permanent procession of Palace memories every single season even when it's been you know a season under Alan Pardew we've still made an FA Cup final and nearly won the Mm. FA Cup so there's just been so many different things in that era that you just can kind of look back on and go oh wow okay this has been pretty cool we, we picked a good time to start doing the pod some would say it's been entirely yeah. causal. <laughs> you weren't there in the eighties like me and Steve Bright were. What with Trevor? The fellow years, yeah. With t- Tommy Langley. Tommy Langley yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, a pod then would have been well, you have interesting. Um, lads, before I ask you the final couple of questions, um, there's a couple of giveaways we've got on the pod. And I forgot to mention Ooh. them earlier. Oh. So now I don't know if you've seen uh, in the press, but Vince Hilaire has got a book out this week and we've got three copies of that book on Bite Back Publishing written by Tommy Maslona big Palace fan yeah very nice guy yeah. met him on the train back from Swansea um, we've got three copies of that book to give away to our listeners um, and I've decided that to be in the chance of winning that in a draw to win it all you have to do is tweet us which is at FYP Fanzine where was the first ever FYP podcast recorded now we've mentioned it in this pod yeah. so if you listen to this pod you'll know where was the first ever FYP podcast Recorded. Tweet us that at FYP Fanzine or you can email contact at FYP dot FYP Fanzine dot UK. It's going to be really difficult for them to listen back to the last 40 minutes. <laughs> I think we, did, we did mention it. We did mention, you mentioned it. I you? definitely mentioned yeah. it. Um, so uh, do that and you'll be in a draw to potentially win a copy of Vince Hilaire's book. Um, and there's another yeah. giveaway. Oh, I know. We're just, we're just packing them on in. There is an event called Play with a Legend. You guys heard about this? At Palace, where uh, you yes. can buy a position on the pitch and play with ex-Palace players. This year, they've got Clinton Morrison. Nice. Ooh. John Salarco. Ooh. Darren Ambrose. Oh. And, oh. and Matt Janssen. Oh. And Mark Hudson. I'd be asking, though, I'd be asking, though, <laughs> where'd you get in the team? It's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. a pretty good array of forward-looking you're, you're talent. You're not playing up front in that team, are you? Uh, mate, you're on the bench. <laughs> I'm so getting anyway, go. Sweet. You can um, bid for places in that, and if you enter the code FYP5 at checkout, you get 5% discount on your offer. Oh. So well, no. no one cares about that. So all you've got to do... <laughs> sorry, I sorry. Did, I think that's, a hell, that's a hell of an offer, I think. Um, so all you've got to do is go to playwithalegend.com forward slash five-year plan, enter the code, and uh, you'll get a 5% discount on your bid to play in that game with Clinton uh, Salarco. Ambrose and Janssen. But also, if you go to, if you go to the link, there are two places uh, that are going to be raffled uh, because not everybody can afford to bid uh, in the auction. Mm-hmm. So if you go there, you can nominate yourself for the raffle, pick a number, and 
Fantastic. Yeah. There you go. Good. Good so stuff. I was kind of undermining JD's uh, bidding process there. <laughs> well, well, no, no. Whatever you choose to do, you can scrape the people. Are bidding, yeah. Are all, you, know, but you can do bidding. both. You can yeah, do because both because there are a lot of Palace fans who can't afford to bid for. Of course. So. No wonder people say that Kevin and I hate each other. Uh, well, who wouldn't hate you? So it's a very, very opposite. You come to my house. You drink Steve's wine. You eat. Big cake. Act two, scene two of Richard the Second. First of all, let's kill all the lawyers. I'll, I'll give him credit for that yeah. reference. Yeah. That's very good. Right. <laughs> Final few questions then. If you bought the occasional drink, it'd be great, but it's fine. This question apparently <laughs> is doing the rounds on Twitter and is well, causing... Well, you a... working class people on this pod, you know that. What, you and me? Yeah. Let's, should... That's the debate for another That's, that's going to really no, rile a lot of mission. people. Not this <laughs> this question is from Gazbod. Not least Adam Sells. <laughs> Hello, Gazbod. Gaz says, absolutely crucial question for the 250th pod. Two subjects that have been avidly and heavily debated on Palace Twitter recently. One, tea-making. Milk in first or last. And two, chocolate stored in the fridge or cupboard. Uh, I mean, the correct answer, obviously, oh. it is milk in it's, last and fridge. Right, milk in last, <laughs> cupboard. Chocolate is served at room temperature. It's no. a fact. Cold well, chocolate is. It's it. a fact. It depends what you want to do with the chocolate. No. <laughs> no, chocolate is served at room temperature. <laughs> if it's just an <laughs> eating, <laughs> If it's served at room temperature, then it's too, it gets from your fingers. And it's that, too. What? How long do you hold it in your finger? What are you doing? Where's your rim on the phosphorus? (laughs) My rim's too hot. It's 33 degrees. Like you're a chocolate sommelier now. Anything chocolate in the fridge? Chocolate biscuits? No. Chocolate bars? Anything chocolate in the fridge? Why, where do you when you when you buy chocolate? Do you buy it off the shelf that's in the fridge, or do you buy it off the shelf that's not in the the fridge? I take it home and put it in the fridge. Right? Why would you put it in the fridge when it's already on the shelf? Because then it gets all. That's what that sounds like. Let's not not worry about the chocolate question here. The tea one is important as well. The key question here is tea, which we all know, despite uh, Adam Sells' protestations to the country where he puts the milk in first. Sometimes in a teapot. I can answer both those questions. Milk goes in first. No. Chocolate never even makes it to the tea. The milk goes in last. The milk goes in last, yeah. Yeah. Good. Glad we milk cleared that up. Milk in first for coffee, but not for tea. No, no, no. Well, or just no milk and coffee. What? What? Just sugar. Sugar. You can't even have sugar. Sugar. Oh, yeah, well, oh James, are you kidding? Kept... Remember? <laughs> yeah. We anyway, didn't know you were a Catholic. <laughs> <laughs> we had no idea you were a Catholic. So. Well, I'm. I'm, I'm, I'm doing it for out. support. I'm doing it for moral support. Oh, so, right. yeah, which is no, it's what a good. I would have thought you'd Beyonce say you're doing it because you were a Catholic. But that's fine. But, yeah. I'm a dream. Final question. <laughs> From Matt Philip Harris. Hi, Matt. Hi, Matt. Matt says, what is the dream title, speaking of dreams, that you would be able to give or want to be able to give a podcast in the future? Mm. Crystal Palace FA Cup winners celebration podcast. How about that? I think we deserve it it at some point in our future. Another use for frozen chocolate bars. (laughs) I think that's going to be the title for this one. (laughs) Palace (laughs) re-signed Stuart (laughs) (laughs) O'Keefe. Or more realistically, I would just really like to speak Manchester United. Yeah, Yeah, that would be nice. It's about time, isn't it? Yeah. It is about time. We did a really good job that recently. So I'd really like us to beat Manchester United. So that, that would be it. Being realistic. Okay. I think that is realistic, yeah. 
Good. Okay. Well, cool. guys, that brings to the end our 250th podcast. Hey. Hey. Um, it Is anyone you... still listening? Uh, who knows? <laughs> who knows? But uh, hopefully. Well, Tommy yeah. Um, thank you to all of you that have come tonight and been on the pod. Really appreciate it, and thanks for being part of the rotational system. Um, and thanks to listeners for listening to this pod. Hopefully, you're still listening at this point. Um, but to all our pods, we really appreciate all your support, your tweets, your emails, everything you do. Bex for coming down and making us a fantastic yeah, cake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Steve for bringing a giant bottle of wine <laughs> but also for very kindly helping us facilitate uh, uh, interviewees in the past as well and some of players so we really appreciate it we've got a lot of and support and for saving the club and for saving the club we get a lot of support from people and we very much appreciate it and uh, so Andrew Arms Andrew Arms and tweets and everyone that tweets in and here's to another 250 pods Right, thanks for listening. <laughs> we'll be back with you after the Liverpool game. So you. we'll see you then. Bye. I'm Bye. <laughs>